Welcome to Trust the Motherfucking Man. It's a podcast. We love music. I hope you love it. Hi, I'm Colin Campbell, and this is the show for musicians and music fans who want to understand the mindsets, the methods, and the money behind world-class music. Today's guest is a man named Mike Hand. I love how Mike facilitates greatness in others. He hosts these interesting spotlight events where he takes five musicians and lets them play for 30 to 45 minutes, and they're very interesting networking events in his loft in Montreal. But he's also a professional, like full-time musician. He's got experience in over a thousand live productions. He's been signed as a major label artist, and he's involved in actively um, with all sorts of local interesting groups. He is a super fantastic califragilistic guest, and I hope you like this interview. I don't run ads for the show. If you like this show, please send the link to someone you care about. The more people who uh, band together for Trust the Band, uh, the more cool shit happens. I appreciate you very much, and I hope you're having a tremendous day. If you want to find out more about Trust the Band, you can go to trusttheband.com. Take care for now and enjoy this interview. Yo, Mike Han, I fucking love you, dude. Colin Campbell, love you too. I'm Hi. so excited. We've this is the first time that we actually sat down for like longer than a, whatever ten minute conversation. Brief in passing ships in the night. Yeah, yeah. It's an honor to be here. Thank it's you so a, much for having me. I really, uh, you know, you meet people that are doing cool shit, and you. Just, I just so admire what you've done at your loft and uh, the open mics and the showcases that you've hosted. And then I found out from Leah and a bunch of people that you've got like a career in music and you've got all sorts of experience. And I'm fucking amped up to hear like what has been up, what's up now and where are you going, you know? Oh, wow. A career in music. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? I think one of the things is that uh, it's a, uh, your income is derived from musical pursuits I think that's one of the criteria is that economically you're able to live from creative stuff like that. And I don't think it's just exclusively music to me, but um, I, I think that if there's a devil, it's a wage. Hmm. The idea of a, because it's like money connected to time as opposed to money connected to an outcome. What is your time worth? Yeah. Right. That's a huge one for me. Yeah, that's a big question I ask myself all the time. Mm -hmm. Or you kind of have to. Uh, I'm making a living in the arts. I mean, you've tried, you've done it. Yeah. It's a question of what is living to me. You know, you can keep the lights on, you can pay the bills, but then if you're just barely breaking even, or if you're running to stand still, or if a gig pays you three hundred bucks and you just show up on the night of, you know, then it's three hundred dollars an hour. That's great. If there's eight hours of practice space time, you know, there's like on three different days. So that's almost like a full, you break that down and that's like $7 an hour or something, you know, plus transit and the gas and everything. So yeah. it's, are you jetting, Kristen? Dude, love Kristen, you, man. lovely to meet you. Yeah. Take care. Likewise, pleasure to meet you. Yeah, good to see you, ma'am. Thanks for the help. Next Sunday, yeah. Yeah, buddy. We're drawing attention to you. You're yeah. not invisible. Christian Gordado coming out to battle. Christian Gordado. Gordado. Pew, 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 pew. Pew, pew, pew. I want to take you For the next one, my return would be conditional on having the Jamaican foghorn sample at my fingertips. Ideally with a big red button, but I'll bring my own. It'll be the worst. It'll be like the rat that does the heroin. You know, like you go those experiments. Those experiments. It'll just be the shittiest podcast other than for you 
but then again, I mean, if it's your heroine, chase it. Yeah. Music <laughs> and the arts. No, yeah. I mean, uh, I like how you just pragmatically broke down. I, and I, I, dude, I got this sense. I got that sense from you is that this this someone who's intentional. You're intentional about what you do. You're not fucking winging it. Thank you. That's kind yeah. to say, because I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. The wisest person uh, I've really talked to in the last couple of years admitted that so freely with a smile on their face. You know, like they were like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. And from the outside looking in, they seemed like they were so together. So uh, they had will and intent. They seemed like they knew exactly what they were doing, which yeah. I found fascinating because maybe it's like the still waters run deeper. I always think of like the ducks, you know, like they're on the surface going around like this, but underside that their legs are spinning mm -hmm. constantly. And this guy is uh, <laughs> yeah. a brilliant dude who you should have on sometime. Uh, Louis-Alexandre Beloquin, uh, LA of the So Far Sounds crew, because they also do very similar installations and productions and music from a room, songs from a room. But uh, thank you for saying that because I don't necessarily feel like I have the same intent or what I do maybe understand could be perceived as that is that I have had the fortune to mess up so many times or to have tried and failed. You know, it's like that old adage of, I think it's the Bruce Lee anecdote of like, I'm not afraid of the guy who knows a thousand different kicks. I'm afraid of the guy who knows, who's practiced the one kick a thousand times or along those kind of lines or that the... What's the other one? We're going Eastern. We're going Kung Fu with this, or at least martial artsy. But uh, that the master has failed more times than the student has even tried along those lines. Dude, that's a really good one. Doesn't that make sense, though? Yeah, doesn't it doesn't like, just hit you as, I, I, I understand that. Wow, yeah. yeah. Because the it's master natural. has failed more than the students even tried. Even tried, dude. Because yeah. one of the hardest things is getting out of bed in the morning, right? <laughs> or just getting the stones to like, all right, set a date. We're going to do that. It's going to be then. then. Okay. And you shake hands with someone and then all of a sudden it's real and you start panicking. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, you tell me, man. It's, oh my uh, God. Yeah. Uh, if I had intent, I guess it does show in, which is funny because those projects have just sort of been like a little baby, like a passion project. I have no real end goal or game in mind. That was as much for me as for anyone else, but Maybe that's a place where I have my wires crossed. I'm not sure. Well, that's a thing that I admire about Leah Keeley too, is that uh, so sometimes I can be so specific and it, it's to the level of contrived. And I, I've learned to let go of that personally because I I brought up Leah Keeley. Leah Keeley has a, um, it's not, it, it's it's process and community oriented and going through the, the experience as opposed to the outcome. Um, and I feel like that process driven versus results driven or something process driven as opposed to results. And it attracts really well. It attracts beautiful people really well, mm. you know, where my, and I, I, maybe I'm, uh, idealizing and feel like I never really meet my own mark so that, um, even though I do connect and attract wonderful experiences as well I, I can acknowledge it in you and in leah more than i can acknowledge it in myself hmm. but what i'm saying is it, 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 it's it's a, a very attractive characteristic to think about process and an experience as opposed to outcome as a way of looking at process say if you're talking at least about me and leah or yourself uh do you think that there's something about the arts that attracts people who want to live in the moment or exist in the present for sure and that that's sort of maybe like what the process kind of is is like the actual why live music versus them like 
the studio process or listening to music on the radio or why that is something special, like that congregation or is that what you mean by process or like putting it on? Because I guarantee you that all of us don't like necessarily doing the work <laughs> or it's not easy if that's what you mean. No, I, I, it's the former for sure. Like the, I think that's a really good distinction is that the people who are attracted to, uh, yeah, being in the moment is such a, a part of, and the experience is such a, a part of the, uh, the coolness the coolness of the the events especially like dude so anyone who doesn't know um mike has this loft in the plateau is yeah. it the plateau it's called the plateau yeah and it is uh i mean what do i have to say it's a loft that sounds fucking cool but he's got this loft and there's a little stage in the corner and he does these um he compiles these musicians a compilation of like five to seven musicians who have a genuine showcase. It's not an open mic in the sense that you play two songs or three songs. It's like a real spotlight on that person. And because of the room that we're in, it's probably what, 50 people max? Around that. Yeah. And so it's an intimate setting and it's very, and you, there's a mixer in a way where between the sets, you're really getting to know the people there. And because it's just that unit of time, it's a very special experience it's a very cool vibe to and then you walk away from it and even though you do it on a monthly basis each one individually is like its own thing it's very much a testament to uh, the artists who are involved yeah i like to be held to accounts uh and to be kept honest in the sense of the original model and design was always to be by musicians for musicians or i wanted to respond to the community and listen as best i could to put them on uh, four people, you know? Four people. Yeah. Well, is that what it is? Four? There's definitely a sense of giving. I mean, I'm not... Oh, four. I thought you said uh, uh, four. Oh, like a number. Yeah. Ha! Yeah. Uh, that's why I said, uh, when you said five so, to seven, it made me look in the mirror in a sense of three is probably ideal. Yeah. It would have been the best. It would have allowed everyone maybe like an hour each, but thanks to, you know, the luxury of interest for people wanting to play. Yeah. There are always last minute additions or some people were like, oh, well, my friend wants to play with me too that night. And... Yeah. I'll always take the risk of uh, having more people. The more, the merrier. But one of the big, beautiful things that's happened is every single one has had its own culture that's been curated, made, made up of the people who've been a participant, you know? People who've came to support, bring their own circles of friends. And uh, I like how you mentioned the, the interstitial periods of, like, between sets or, like, oh, well, hello, look to your person, you know, to your left, to your right. And, uh, and it, it, the environment... Uh, makes that true whereas in Ooh, Turbo it's House mess. <laughs> it's a mess in there <laughs> yeah lots of plants yeah but it helps well as opposed to a bar where there's an out and they're in in like it's not like you can step outside get a drink at the bar smoke a cigarette people do smoke cigarettes like that but they have to walk down but it's because of where it's where it is the context of that scenario you're kind of like well I'm going to stay here you know, and you have to interact. I like that it stirs the pot. Uh, another part of the vision, or it did start as a school project, which I still consider it to be that, you know? It started in December of 2019, uh, in, if you'd believe in an offshoot of an economics course at Concordia University, to explore, uh, you know, the valuation of housing as commodity and the extrapolation of that. And so the what? world... <laughs> you got to get... 
This was the where it started. Yeah, it was the original design. Basically, An economics to, class. Yeah, to take a look at uh, the the pricelessness or worthlessness of housing, okay. of residence, of the difference between a unit or a space or a loft is a term that you use. Uh, but it's a home. I live there. It's my primary residence. I've been in the city for 20 years and was originally born in New York and okay. grew up in Toronto. And I moved here when I was 18. But I can't afford to live in the places where I'm from. Mm -hmm. I feel very lucky to have the space that I have. But it feels like an endangered kind of thing, you know? Those bummy, scummy, bohemian converted loft or reclaimed or appropriated, you know, textile factories at the corner of town, you know, that like abandoned derelict commercial or industrial space that becomes, yeah, I'm speaking your language, aren't you? You've done some urban exploring. You've got this lovely like stank face, like ready to go. All right, Yo, let's, that's a baseline. let's the pull the hoods up. Let's get the flashlights and yeah. let's go. But these places become like punk rock dojos. You know, this is, this is the only space left where people have who you know, want to do guerrilla theater or like, where are the Banksy types, you know, where are the people who are out there culture jamming all the time or doing, I mean, there's, there's nowhere left. There's nowhere left. There's not going to be any more Patty Smiths or Jean-Marcel Basquiat's or like, we don't really have the, the canvases, the sandboxes, call them safe spaces, call, call them what you want. Uh, but there aren't too many opportunities for people to <sighs> spread their wings and fly or get better or make those mistakes to have the chances to learn because like god bless you know our parents our teachers cops all those authority figures who sort of like coach us and guide us you know like through our adolescence and our savage wild young years but the socialization that it takes to be an adult or like a member of society it takes a village and so often it's not gentle so often it's not warm or more often than anything else and increasingly it's commercial you got to pay to be a part of this you gotta everything's a subscription model i've become a little cynical towards what i've always seen as a necessary gateway to music or something purity in terms of the, uh in the sense of the arts you know chasing that ideal of some romantic notion you know it's abstract of what music means to me or what i get out of it and so much is from the live you know congregation or the reverence of people in a room together for the purposes of joyful noise but the cost was always that I had to vend unit sales of alcohol and put meat in the seats sell tickets and how much for the room how much is the guarantee and there is there is a business of art you know and I respect that just like there's a build like there's a business of healthcare, there's a business of education there's a business of housing and all of this stuff is for profit more and more more and more it's privatized. What belongs to the people, you know? What belongs to everybody? Uh, in a hippy-dippy roundabout kind of way, that's why I started putting on these kind of things is because I wanted to find out for myself. I wanted to find out if this place that so many people might see as worthless, but that I see as priceless, if I couldn't find by scattershot, you know, like paint by numbers or by shadow casting to see by crowdsourcing, you know, perspectives as to what it might mean or what it could be. And so in a radical fit, I tried to open my doors as best as possible. Hey, here's 50 people in your bedroom <laughs> all of a sudden. And I feel so goddamn lucky, Colin. I feel so goddamn lucky. And I look around here at this beautiful place that you have.
you know, talk about DIY. I'm loving these bookshelves. Everyone has like one of these beautiful things on the wall of like, you know, where you put all your cables and stuff. Uh, but frankly, I think you deserve that same sort of like, here's a hundred, 200 square feet. You know, it's a big blank box at the corner of town, maybe, but it's yours. You can make music in it or you can make art in it. Why are there fewer and fewer of those spaces? Why is rent $2,000, $3,000 a month? How much do you make in a month? I just, uh, I'm just asking questions. I just want to ask questions. Isn't that what they say? I've never, all right, I'll confess something. <laughs> I've never, ever seen or listened to an episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. So I don't know what podcasting is all about. There's like the true crime ones. There's That's this last no podcast. There's last no podcast idea. on the left. Have you heard of these guys? No. They just had a blow up because one of them is going through a whole tough time and it really rings with me, but it's, uh, I love the, the history ones or I'm, I'm just, the podcasting form is something I'm very new to and I'm feeling very fragile or exposed. I don't know what to say. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is this working? Is this what we're going for? Yeah. <laughs> Am I saying is, the right things? I have no agenda. I only like interesting things that I'm interested in. And ah, I, circular logic. I like that. Yeah. Right? Like I and that was the thing is like I don't ever want this to be uh it's it's about this experience. Just like that is about that experience. This is the only <laughs> thing that's here. It's a conversation. And it happens to be I think by recording a conversation and formalizing it and distributing it, you tend to pucker up your ass, your intellectual ass a little bit and like make it meaningful. Hmm. You like, it's not like a, um, uh, uh, it's not superfluous fluff, you know, people Nitty gritty. Yeah. you kind of like say stuff that you actually think and feel and on, on the, uh, I'll speak to the one point, which is question. And you probably you probably actually know the answer to this, but um, uh, who sits? I don't really want to take it here <laughs> because it can, go for it. Okay, well, I'm gonna go, go for there. it. Um, we we I'll, I'll I'll start macro. We go to a school system and st spend twelve years there to get graded on memorization that has virtually no utility in real life. As <sighs> it, Okay, I'll take that back. Not no utility. Whose idea of real life? Because English and math and those like, you know, yeah. prejudiced aptitude tests, you know, that standardized kind of thing. English and math, that Prussian model, it's really good for... 100%. Well, keep the books for the factories. I mean, it depends mean? on someone else's view of life. It's really good for someone else's view of what your life should be. Yeah, that's what kind I'm of saying. The point. That's what I'm saying. So, so is it good for, you said real life. That's a good qualifier. Okay, okay. All I'm saying is it fits a purpose. It fits a purpose and it is by it's directed towards someone's end and it's not my end. Ah. It's not your it's not an individual end. It's not teaching you how to think. It's not teaching radical you radical revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, right? It's teaching you what to think, not how to think. So, for instance, as as an example, the concept of currency and money. Um, we're not taught a how to start your own business. B how taxes are, where taxes go, how they're distributed, see the fundamental nature of the currency itself. And these are the three things, three th things that when you get into the working world that you're now just thrown into this pool 
and yeah. make it work. It's so, almost like you're being given enough rope to hang yourself, or that you're supposed to make a lot of mistakes. You're hitting a nail on the head there, or two actually, really, with one uh, hammer blow, is that financial literacy or transparency. Yeah. Good luck. Right. You're supposed to find those things out the hard way. Which is ridiculous. Credit cards. No, it's no, it's very, very good business. For for who? It's the business of business. It's the business of money. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get. But you spoke. I want to close off on one point. I'm interrupting you. So I want to finish your thought. It's 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 this one point. So that's step one, education. Step two, lack of financial literacy. Step three. How is currency actually created, and why is it so expensive? Answer, because of the nature of currency itself and a lack of education. If we knew, if the population was educated in um, how currency is created and who it's created by, we'd have blood in the streets immediately, because it's such a fucking scam. Well. You're touching on a lot of things in terms of, you know... That was the point, though. The that fiat system and, you know, the gold standard or the, the petrodollar and ah, this lovely quantitative easing that we have, you know? This yeah. beautiful house of cards. And I love it because it keeps going and it's... Uh, <laughs> it's so weird. But it's natural. It's the logical endpoint of everything we've had. These things were set in motion ages and ages and ages ago. Uh, or it's bigger than all of us in a lot of ways. It's unfortunate that we're here to reap the interest payments so to speak with a small eye of a lot of the pieces that were placed on a board a long long time ago uh or this is maybe something that helps me deal with the lunacy or frustration of it all is just to step back a little bit because it is bonkers it's cloud world the more you look into it everything's upside down it doesn't make much sense and it's tough to get over that disillusionment when you first find out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. And that's what we are. I see this as just we're, we are an adolescent group, or if you want to see it in terms of like talking from macro, but like, you know, you get Gaia theory and like we're all one big system or one big organism, but at least societally, I can't help but see us as anything other than adolescent. You know, it's just an awkward hormonal learning phase for us. Lots of truths ugly ones sometimes or emotional ones about ourselves and others we're finding out so much and we're so damn smart we know everything we got the world's cumulative not just archives but discussion on the topics you know like people in their forum threads and we'll take a look at this bad boy you ever see a I am that was from Turbo House <laughs> that wonky snare I tried to do the cool New York City thing and like rest my phone on the snare because it's got like one of those ding like the timbali ring kind yeah. of things to it and you hit it well what you do is like you put your wallet or your phone on the snare right and it makes it go like kick, kick. so it really helps like control it it's like tape but if you don't have any yeah. but you also sort of like get to look like you're cool or important or like have like your notifications coming up like while you're still there or it's like putting it i don't know but uh all it took was one <laughs> one hit and now i'm just regretting it and you hit you hit the actual screen he's looking at his screen oh you can see there's like even oh, a, it's right there a beautiful spider nice. web just and it was already half broken so it was ready to go but yeah. the best the best thing that i could have hoped for for my birthday but check this out actually this is the easter egg of my phone case falling apart is that on the inside 
Oh, cool. Right? Hidden yeah. messages. Yeah. It's Japanese writing on the inside oh. of the paper. That is face down and glued into I, it. I wonder if that's recycled paper. I was, it has to be, because I was never meant to see this. Yeah. I was never meant to see that. Right. I want to know what it says. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm letting, I'm letting it be a groovy mystery for now. Yeah. I can put my feet up. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Colin. Yeah, man. Colin, it's yeah. an honor to be here. Yeah, We're touching on some heavy, serious yeah, subjects, like, though. Yeah, like, I mean, it's such a boner killer to be like, yeah, about the fucking Federal Reserve. Yeah. God, who farted? We're all the... doomed. Yeah, I totally like... farted, by the way. I was funny because I was like thinking, I had just ate like three bagels, you know? Uh, <laughs> I had two on my ride up here, and then you're talking about our intellectual lips puckering, and I'm like, uh, I just get it. Did I, I was hoping the microphone wouldn't pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm farting on your couch, Colin. <laughs> In my People couch. fart. Everybody In farts. Too... Yeah, it's okay. Except my buddy. He's got yeah. one of those like bag things, so. Oh, dear. I don't. I don't know if he farts anymore. I wonder. I'm gonna ask him. You know. Yeah, you have to. I'm gonna ask him. Yeah. I, I give him a shout out, but I don't want to be like outing yeah. him for colostomy bag guy. Yeah. Yeah. My sea bag. He's <laughs> out there. Yo, my sea bag. Yo <laughs> you the fuck? Okay. So what a brutal nickname. On the subject <laughs> of nicknames, I just yeah. want to talk about nicknames too. Have you? Did you have a nickname growing up? CC. Colon. Colon. Oh, Colon Camp. Oh. Colin. That's yeah. tough. Yeah. I got it in the workforce. I got was harassed incessantly. Yeah, because school never ended, eh? Well, I was I was the it was the harasser became the harassed. Oh no. I was wait. a fucking asshole in high school. Oh, was this, did you feel okay with it because it was a karmic retribution or I it did. was like I did. I felt like I deserved it. Did you act out in school? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was a bad shit bag. When did you start getting ink? You got some awesome tattoos. Thank you. Uh is that Roy Orbison? I got Roy Orbison. That's f- fucking great portraiture yeah, that's yeah. actually amazing you know how hard it is to he killed it he crushed it i'm blown away to be honest he really did well not only like with the high contrast it's that's yeah, an the amazing tattoo yeah, thank you well because when you see like Simon. the horrors like the no rag rats or like the horror story tattoos you know like it's supposed to be no regret no regrets but yeah. they misspelled it yeah, or like no regrets no regrets uh Sometimes the terrible ones are like portraiture, or it's like someone tries to get their infant, and it just looks like ET or something, or it's because it like moves, and it's delicate. And but getting someone's faces, or some of my visual artist friends who I have such a respect for, uh, they can draw, they can capture things, they can, oh my god, pencil crayons, chalk, coal, they work with such magnificent mediums, and or is it medium plural? Medium. The point is, it yeah. escapes me. I can't even paint within the lines. So <laughs> yeah. I love and respect it. But me colon, too. that's a tough one. Yeah, that's a tough one. You? Uh, my name is, my full name is Michael Richard Gilliatt Hand. Okay. Yeah. You I was named names. after, I got both my parents' so, names. My mother's maiden name is Gilliatt. Okay. And maiden my name is last name? Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. And my dad's. Gilliatt. My dad's dad was Irish? Richard, Richard Hand. I think it's like Irish, English, Scottish. Yeah. It's, I'm very white. Yeah, <laughs> not Barry White, but the point is I'm named after Dick Hand. Dick Hand. Dick Hand. Richard <laughs> Hand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm named after Dick Hand. D- did anyone catch on? Uh, how could they not? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It doesn't. Hand Where is bad in enough. New York were you born? Uh, Manhattan in Manhattan. December 1983. Yeah, it was quite some time ago. Shit. But and yeah. Were you raised there? No, moved very young. Grew, grew up in Toronto. In Toronto. Definitely, I'm definitely Where a Toronto, Toronto boy. Toronto. Yeah, North York. Lawrence Park. Lawrence Park represent. Yo. What's going on? Yo, what's up, motherfuckers? Uh, but yeah, I got all sorts of tea. I, mean, I went to a rough high school. Or oh, it was yeah? a great high school, but it was rough. Rough. So like just names or anything. So 
my point is I get that. But what I was going to tie into Seabag, who's like my colostomy bag friend out there. Do you fart? Do you fart, buddy? I'm not going to out you. But I do have a friend who got the unfortunate name Throat Goat. Oh, goddamn Throat Goat. Yes. Like Sarah. And it's a guy. Oh, it's a guy. It's a guy. Throat Goat. I was going to say, because I I feel like that's that's what you call wifey or like the girl you marry is either. uh, The Throat Goat? (laughs) <laughs> there was a meme on it I think yeah. but long story it's because he ate I think like a two bite brownie in one bite pretty yeah, okay. much you know which I think is a great mutant superpower uh, but he started fighting the nickname he's like I don't like that nickname I don't I don't like it yeah, and in my fucked. mind I'm thinking oh Dude. oh my precious my precious child you can't fight the nickname Yeah, no don't fight the don't, nickname I fought it too <laughs> if you fight it no it will it come will, back yeah. tenfold <laughs> use the dark arts it will come back to haunt you forevermore. Uh, and so I was in my mind, I'm like, how about like TG, you know, like tiger or something like TG's because I'll know it stands for throat goat, but it won't be quite as aggressive if I call you that in public or go like, hey, tiger, because <laughs> what I really mean is throat goat. But because nicknames change, they're like Wu-Tang names, you know, it's like a.k.a. Asan Unique, a.k.a. Little Baby Jesus, a.k.a. Big Baby Jesus, a.k.a. Old Dirty Something Something, a.k.a. You know, like you got to have many names i think you know or here's 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 something about names because nicknames will stick but i've noticed a lot of people uh and it's especially predominant like you know with the ascendancy of the the trans movement but people choosing their own names yeah or i know it's it's also an indigenous coming of age ceremony with a lot of cultures where it's like you get your adult name or your clan name or group name or tribe name or a lot of people are like, call me this, yeah. you know? And I think that's fucking neat. Yeah, me Because too. it's timeless as well. And it's identity. And it's like how you can see yourself or there's a magic to it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I wonder what I would be if I could choose. Like, I have never given a fuck. If you could choose your own name. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can. You can yeah. if you want. And it's actually a golden era for that. It's yeah. a bit of a renaissance for people uh, and identity. It's fascinating right now. But that's also how I see it sort of as like society being a little uh, just maybe volatile because in a lot of ways it's same as it ever was, same as it ever was. Uh, there are some timeless things about it, but it does seem to be thrown in our faces all the time. And I don't think it's as bad as people seem to make it out to be. I don't know if I'm supposed to be more scared or more upset Uh and I'm having a tough time with it. You know, it's like the news cycle or like, say just through COVID, you're sitting there and you're like, doom scrolling was a term I heard, you know, yeah. like you're just cycling through the Reddit and it's like, here's your politics and here's your, uh, here's your war du jour and here's who we're hating on today. And I'm just tired. I turned 40 last week. So oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just tired. God damn it. I'm tired. Yeah. It's my 40th birthday. Cracked my phone screen and bought some bagels. Yeah. Living the high life. But <laughs> Dude, the Who, uh, the band, the Who, the Who. Oh, uh, the drum line that you played, you played a cover of the Who. Oh, and he played uh, I "Won't Get Fooled Again." <laughs> it was fuck, dude. I love. I can't wait to play with you. That was my first uh, big band crush, because my roots, as everybody knows, lies in musical theater. Okay. And I saw a production of the Who's "Tommy." And they wow. did Pinball Wizard, you know, yeah. like, and from that big triumphant power chord, it ruined me for school. I had to do that. So thank you for saying that. That was a fun show on uh, on Wednesday with Mr. Steve Creep. Steve Creep, he fucking kills it, dude. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Montreal's, Sometimes I'm like, I'm like, Montreal's what's finest. the point of fucking playing? Ah. 
Come on. I'm joking. No, you're not. I, lo- I love it. I love music. But, but I'm you're like, tapping onto something very big. Yeah, it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. They're so good. What am I doing? Yeah. Let it make you want to practice. Yeah. It shouldn't make you want to quit. No. If it makes you want to quit, quit. Quitting's quitting. easy. There's no quitting. Quitting's easy. It's like smoking. I was, I was hundreds fucking of times. born, born to play music. Do it. Yeah. There's no one else uh, who can really do it. And I've never actually seen it, but I feel like there's that Shia or Shia LaBeouf meme where he's like, just do it. Or yeah. just, is it? I can't stand that guy, man. Yeah. I'm sorry. Pretty big dick. And he's a, he's a good actor. It's Killer the plagiarism. Actor. It's the plagiarism that got me. Yeah. When he just totally ripped off someone else's work. Yeah. Unapologetically and then handled it all wrong. But it's, yeah, Paul, I feel for I, him. Because he's, he's basically a child star. Yeah. And I'm going to be really gentle with him. Yeah. Because I can't imagine where his mentality is at. And I feel like there is his own reclamation project. Or Shia, if you ever hear this, man, I'd love to take you out for a coffee uh, or beer or like, you know, uh, whatever. Just to, I immense. just I want to listen to you, man. He made an immense. He, he did. Uh, I was listening to. I forget what. Pop oh, for plagiarizing? No, for plagiarizing. Yeah, no. He was pretty unapologetic about that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's that... a cardinal sin. That's let it also be known. Tucker Carlson, Tucker Carlson, <laughs> renowned, yeah. confirmed plagiarist. Yeah. If there's one thing I can't sort of stand, it's people who steal other people's art or thought. Like, why would you steal other people's art? Well, because it's good. Colin, yeah. because you can pass it off as your own. That's why. Because you can make money co- from it. You want coffee? I'd love a coffee. Yeah. Keep talking. I would love a coffee. I keep speaking to me, <sighs> baby. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. A hot cup of coffee from a proper copper yeah, coffee pot. A hot cup of coffee from a proper copper coffee pot. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do all my uh, enunciation exercises. Oh, dealer's choice, man. Anything. Coffee is coffee. I love it. Unique New York, New York's unique. 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 A hot cup of coffee from a proper cup of coffee pot. Enforce thee. Art thou king and wilt be forced? I shame to hear thee speak. Ah, timorous wretch, thou hast undone thyself, thy son, and me, and given unto the house of York such head as thou shalt reign but by their sufferance. Yeah, this guy's... I'm I'm having a lot of fun with this. It's uh, ooh, uh oh, yeah. Hello, oh, gain. <laughs> what are these? The sure two Bs or these are the definitive podcasting microphones? I've yeah, seen maybe. these things on everything. It's like we got to mash that subscribe button and like. <sighs> I feel bad because between my farts and like eating the bagel and and me not knowing how to do this, I'm a. Thank you, thank you, Colin. North York represent motherfucker. Oh. Yes. So actually, you asked uh, three general questions to sort of like lead this. Yeah. Pretty much like time frame, continuum. Where so, am I from? Where are you from? Where am I? Where am I going? Yeah. I just wanted to speak even before that one point is uh, uh, the guy from uh, the guy from the show Walking Dead, the dude who became the Punisher guy. Whatever his name is, he does this podcast, and Shia LaBeouf was on LaBeouf, LaBeouf was on, and he had become sober, and made it a huge amends. The guy was apparently a total fucking dick in Hollywood, fucked up a lot of relationships, and it was a real. I admired the, uh, I admired the responsibility, and that was, was it a the good apology one. tour portion of like it, a. It was like him just ta- owning, owning it. It, he was owning it, not blaming it. 
No, he was owning it. He was, I like to hear that. Yeah, and he's sober. He There's was, a distinction there, right? Yeah, he was he was making a not a he was taking full responsibility and accountability in a sober frame of mind. <sighs> Got to respect that. You have to. Yeah, that commands respect. Man, you uh, yeah. So on the on the timeline, I just wanted to point that out. That uh, I believe in the transformation. I I didn't. Uh, and I rarely talk about this, and I don't think I've talked about this public. I'm just gonna say it because go I, for it. I uh, and it's because I love my dad and my. Um, I don't talk about it publicly, but uh, he was really abusive from zero to three on my mom, and um, physically damaging. And uh, he got sober when I was three, and I fucking hated him and resented him growing up. And uh, because I was terrified of him. And then uh, around 28, I became like really hard into drugs and alcohol. Fucked up a pretty important relationship and wanted this person's forgiveness, but uh, she was gone. Hmm. And there was no entitlement to her forgiveness. It's like, I'm leaving. Oh, brother. Yeah. And, 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 I had this moment where I was painting my wall here and I realized that that's how my dad probably how, how he feels about me since he, he became sober, changed his life, was a good man, helped my, you know, like did the best that he could with the resources he had, had fucked up, had fucked up his whole life. And then when I was 32, 31, I called him after not talking to him for three years and just said like, dude, I'm really fucking mad at you. And he's like, I know. And then we talked it out and now we have a relationship, but I believe in the power of like, oh, there's something beautiful there though. Yeah. It was really fucking cool, dude. I'm feeling a love. That's yeah. That's amazing. It that's, was, thank you for sharing, man. That's yeah. It was really cool. I'm like, uh, for the people who don't get to experience that or the people who've like, you know, been, raped by their by someone or like hard fucking shit that doesn't get resolved the forgiveness of that i believe in empowerment man and forgiveness you know one of the things i think i respect the most is the agency and responsibility you're taking for yourself or the maturity that you're showcasing in uh allowing others to change as well as yourself or you seem to be very on top of that within without kind of how we can see ourselves or treat ourselves as how we can treat others and the world and there's a reciprocity there in terms of how we're treated a victim versus survivor mentality or allowing the reality of how people can change and there's something also that uh, can really define regret or mistake and it does tie back a little bit because this is also, I think, like bringing up to a base level. This comes from pain and fear and certainty, doubt and trauma. And then there's also like that generative, like on top in terms of there's fear and uncertainty of doubt in terms of making art and beautiful stuff, you know, but to maximize it. And then in order to go higher, you need to get up to at least like taking care of your basic needs, you know, and your own headspace, forgiveness and regret rumination there are a few things that'll make you stop forever or like practice versus quit again but when you mentioned you know 
obviously what was a huge relationship in your life and the way that you're owning it in letting it go or maybe seeing that forgiveness or asking for forgiveness is only there to like make you feel better or like when some people I've heard that when cheaters in relationships what they do when they confess their wrongdoings is to make themselves feel better because they can't quite deal with the guilt of running around on their spouse and is it, are they really seeking forgiveness or absolution or are they just trying to get it off their chest because they can't live with it like some telltale heart kind of thing and what I like the most about what you're saying is it seems like you're making that change within even if it's just seeing your own father as someone who might be able to change or being the man the bigger person to call them to reach out after not talking to them or cutting them out of your life to even give them a chance to change to give yourself a chance to change to be that agent of change to have that power or to use it um, macro scale or personal scale I can't think of anything more relevant and critical and important right now a dialogue reparations call it truth and reconciliation those are heavy words to me truth and reconciliation people use those terms they have hearings they have tribunals on that stuff any kind of scale and we need more of that so thank you for sharing that and i hope your relationship with your pops is uh tight would you say it's the best ever i've never had a relationship with him before that from my side to him doesn't mean that sometimes no relationship is better than a relationship what's that sometimes not having a relationship with someone if you've ever had to cut them out of your life before or all I'm saying is it's it sounds like it's the best it's ever been yeah, it's, with it's, him. It's, it's, if it's, only if it, by being there even if by there being some relationships so yeah it's like there's actual trust that's that's beautiful yeah congratulations trust the dad sounds like <laughs> <laughs> oh dads are wild aren't they yeah you said scary too yeah yeah fucking scary you should be scared of your dad supposed to be I yeah. think I wonder if they know that that's like part of their role yeah it better be because the fucking world's hostile man you gotta like if they ain't gonna teach you who is it's yeah. like, do you want your dad to be the good cop do you want your dad to lull you into a false sense of security so you get taken advantage of out there straight up you don't want the cool parent right yeah you ever seen someone and like ever have some friends and like their parent was like the cool parent yeah and they almost like wanted to hang out with the kids so much or right it's an interesting kind of thing you know these are generational uh traits these are inherited i think you know this is like uh long game kind of stuff that we can be very unconscious to of where we came from you know or that's why i love meeting people from like f fucking like other like russia or like czech like those people they come here and they're like the coolest people because they really appreciate the advantage what advantage curious well just the opportunity like a lot of um from and your I'm, eyes or theirs what's that from your eyes or theirs the advantage I, well i guess it's my eyes perceiving their appreciation but they go into like a supermarket and they're like what the fuck food food <sighs> and like like where and how they've grown up is um you're talking about like generational i feel like um the people who are born and never f hungry like me 
you don't really have that distinction. You're like, this is how life is. This I is, respect you counting your blessings. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, uh, this is what, and then, and then realizing you meet someone from another place and they didn't have that and they show appreciation. You're like, damn, I'm so entitled. Like being able to acknowledge the entitlement. I don't apologize for it. I think that there's like you a have to? guilt trip. I think there's like, like a societal guilt trip that's like, you're fucking, you have an advantage. You should feel bad about it. I'm you like, do look like a white dude in Canada. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, feel bad, I guess. No. I'm like, I don't know. No, that. you fight against it. Yeah, I, there's nothing to apologize for, I think, but there I'm is thankful every. thankful for it. I'm fucking thankful for it. Every reason to be grateful for it. Yeah. And it takes that perspective. How can you be grateful unless you have that basis of comparison? Yeah. This is how we grow. This is how we learn as people. You meet other people. You travel to different places. People of different ages. People of different beliefs. People of different skin colors. You know, people of different... Really? Affiliations. Skin colors? I know, right? Me? It gets crazy. It's, it's, Dude, there's such is... a melange out there. It's wild. <laughs> there's even a... People are fucking cool. <laughs> Can I confess something? Yeah. There's a skin modeling disorder called vitiligo. vitiligo. I don't know okay. how to even say it because I've only seen it in writing. Michael yeah. Jackson had it apparently. Okay. You I'm glad it. it's not a murder that you're confessing to. No, no, no. I'm not going to put that no, on yeah. you. I'm not going to give yeah. you any liability in that regard. Yeah. But uh, it's something that, like, I knew a kid uh, from my school who had, I think it's alopecia. Yeah. You know, like they lose all their hair pretty much. And this kid who. Uh, was never that happy and was also the kid of one of the teachers, which was a tough kind of thing as well. Yeah. But he ended up taking his own life, you know? How old? Uh, too young. Yeah. You know? Like um, an adolescent or a in kid? His, in his teens, I think, okay. still. Yeah. Bad. Um, and I had, like, bad skin growing up, you know, or, like, stupid hair. I still have stupid hair and bad skin, but... No, but compared to say alopecia or yeah. someone with vitiligo where it's like literally like it's like a birthmark. You've yeah, seen right. it before. I, right? I you know, know there's even like about. there's yeah. a beautiful like modeling campaign of people who have it in the greater parts of their body and stuff. Yeah, it's like a pigment thing. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. I think it's I think it's strange, but there's something Do you about look it, it up on Pornhub. No, but I might. <laughs> I might now. Oh, my gosh. I wonder. I've not gotten freaky. Like a vagina, like a two face from Batman. Oh, it's like the left and right. As I look to the cookie, it's. I use, you know, my favorite keyword is for pornography. What's that? POV. Oh yeah. POV. That's by far my favorite. I can. This is I can. This is something I can confess because yeah. I don't think this is illegal yet. Yeah. I did have a friend who got in trouble with the social media police because yeah. his posts weren't in French as much as English. Okay. This was for a business kind of thing, but okay. that was kind of at least a little nanny state thing that made me like, really, that's I guess okay. We are in Quebec. But my point is POV. Yeah. POV. That's yeah. that's my favorite kind of thing. I don't want to watch someone else like, you know, taking care of like the object of my current affection or momentary fixation or fantasy. I want to have be the yeah. I want the eye contact. I want the you know, like I want to be there. I want to at least like, you know, have some wish fulfillment or that's my concept of role play. I don't know. I don't want gang bangs or I'm gonna look up I don't know how to say Vitiligio, Vitiligio. I sound so ignorant. Fuck. Either way. I think Other it's way, beautiful. That's next. But what Tonight, came up? <laughs> POV. <laughs> Real time. Yeah. Keywords. Yeah. With <laughs> 4chan's own Colin Campbell. Uh, either way, I think it's beautiful as a weird kind of thing just because it is so different. 
and I love variety, but I can only imagine how. Because the reason I thought of it recently was because there was like a revolutionary tre new treatment. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. So that's great news, I guess, you know, for people who... Uh, but I always think of... There's this great line What's from... the confession, though? I'm just... I'm, you said oh, I is have that, a confession to make. Is that I think it's beautiful. Oh, okay. I think I think all a number that's of a different things are... Well, it's... The, the one that stuck with me is... Yeah. Uh, because you know what's pretty awesome? We still have our hair. Yeah. Let's like you want to be grateful for something too. As like that's another. I'm going on as, my list today. as dudes. It's I'm grateful to have hair. Hair. Well, have you ever had a friend who had like they bald? lost their hair and they when and they're it, fucking six in grade six. Exactly, like, dude. We're, we're, this guy's <laughs> bald already. Because we can be so cruel. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's also like it's an emasculating kind of thing, you know, or it's like going silver or something. It's uh. Or people who just like, you know, they're bigger bone or like or carrying, you know, like, you know, some friends who've always been bigger and it's not like about what they eat. They just like retain water or it's yeah. their metabolism or something. There's any number of reasons why people can get picked on or isolated or singled out. But yeah. there's this great quote from uh, Star Trek as they're trying to like pitch the next generation. Right. And I think it's Gene Roddenberry or like, you know, the great bird or like the architect of all the Star Trek ones or it's like. And they're like lambasting him. It's like, they can't have a bald guy. He can't be the captain. It's like, surely in the 24th century, they'd have a cure for baldness. And this smarmy motherfucker's like, in the 24th century, they wouldn't care. Ooh. Ooh. Right now, let me don't drop the microphone because that's actually a bad thing. Don't drop the microphone, kids. It's not cool. Yeah, Trust you... the band. Don't drop the microphone. Mic drops are... Yeah, you dick. Yeah. It's a fucking microphone. <laughs> They're expensive. <laughs> They're nice things. Yeah. Not to mention the sound pop and it's like, oh. Uh. You dick. But I, th I think that's the same way with a lot of things in terms of, yeah. Or I can only imagine how many classical cases throughout history. It's an ugly duckling parable recounted in so many different ways. It's a confidence game. A lot of this, it's built on your own agency or your own belief in yourself and that of others because they are so tied together, but how we all can think that we're so ugly in some way, how we all carry around such hate for ourselves at times or at places, or we carry it with us that we can't quite fully exercise or heal from because a lot of it's not ours. A lot yeah. of it is that top down shit random person at the bus stop or a cruel kid bully in you know whatever generation or era you had in your life we all have our pain and so many people who hurt people were hurt by other people to begin with it's a clinical classical case and there's only so much we can do about it and this is the ultimate thing of does it make you want to practice or does it make you want to quit this is the ultimate real one in terms of like between whether it's going up the positive spectrum or taking care of ourselves and looking after each other, leaving this place better than we found it. That's my big Amen. guiding modus operandi. Fucking right. Yo, so uh, cheers to that. <sighs> Boom. Um, we went fucking deep. Yeah, sorry, bud. Uh, I'm a chore. How much time we got? Oh, well, <laughs> however, like, we can, yeah, we can roll whenever. Um, I want, so, dude, you've got... Uh, I forget who said this, but um, someone told me oh, gosh. that you have a fucking... What do people say about me, Colin? Well, it was probably... Uh, it was. <sighs> I, didn't, I, I didn't know that you had... You don't... De 
promote I'm way vain and like this is my thing it's trust the band I like try to like make a, a banner out of things like look I'm probably still like running or, I, I had this do you funny story I had this hot um, I got this hockey stick for Christmas when I was like four and Eastern it, aluminum it was like those little hockey sticks oh mini hockey sticks mini, yeah, mini yeah sticks and I, I have this image, uh, this this video of me, my family's there, and they're opening presents and, like, talking amongst themselves. And I'm walking around like, hey, I got a hockey stick. And I'm, like, walking up to, like, everyone and telling them that I got a hockey stick. And they're just like, yeah, yeah. And, like, pushing me. And I still do that, dude. So it's like trust the band. It's like, I got something. Do you like it? <laughs> you know? But you are more on the humble side. You don't, you uh you're not walking around with your hockey stick. And what I'm saying is that you had this fucking and oh, dude, speak the fucking words that you're trying to say. You've had an Doing interesting m- musical career and you oh. were in a band like that toured and did cool shit. I've been uh, lucky enough to be a number of projects. A number of projects and you got to like what's been like the what's been the experience, man? On the music is a interesting thing. Um or it's the best thing in my life that I've ever found uh, the equation to be fair where you kind of get what you give or the more you put into it, the more you get out. And I've tried to put a lot into it. And I do think we do differ in that um, promotional regard. You're very good at making the scene and you have a sense of brand. I can't even decide what to call those things at my place, but the working title is the Little Loft Artist and Musicians Association. <laughs> That's awesome. There's the Lama, the LLAMA. Yeah. Yeah, okay. What's wrong with that? I had nothing. You actually just clapped in excitement. That makes me happy. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. But what I love about you is uh, you're not as shy as I am because I'm very hesitant, or I think maybe in part of the number of musical successes I've had in the past, it's made me see, made me see how they're not that real. Or they're as real as you want them to be. Or Dude, I have I'm still naive. In I that. have taken that mini stick home, or I've I've had any number of fucking quotas for pressing. And no, because I love those. Which team was it? Do you remember? Uh, Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> go Leafs, go. Bud. Buds all day. Yeah. That's amazing. You're Southern Ontario as well. Southern Ontario. Yeah. Where about Cambridge? Yeah. Fucking awesome. Oh, we have a lot in common, but you're less shy than I am, which I really respect. And I think it's, is it Bjork or is it Tori Amos or is it Maggie Gyllenhaal? I forget who the quote is, but she had something lovely to say about, you know something's finished when you're ready and excited to show it and share it off. Wait, share it and show it off? Yeah, strike that, reverse it. And you seem to have that much more than I do. I do like a limited post the day of, if anything, I rarely keep... Uh, the lineup, anything more than fluid or dynamic up until the day of, because uh, sometimes it's audible. It's called that day. I'm not doing ticket sales. I'm not doing reservations. Or uh, You're like a hired gun. I've always liked the mercenary approach, or I've also liked the improvisational aspect of it. I've been a part of so many productions that I've seen how much things can change and how things can get... Um, really off the rails or they can fall apart. So thinking on your feet and being prepared for any eventuality is a crucial kind of thing. And I do feel lucky to have a lot of experience points in that skill tree. 
but also just letting it happen and having a lot of confidence, uh, confidence and faith, uh, faith in other people coming together and that it's all going to be okay. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that this project, at least the, the Lama, has taken on the form that it is, is because it's almost not protest, but it is an alternative to a number of the other rigid corporate business of music style things that I, I've been a part of for a lot of my life and still am in a number of ways. And I'm very proud to be a part of those as well. And this is a way that I can practice and not quit. It gives me contrast between really regimented, serious, organized, professional music. Mm -hmm. And then for fun, I get to do casual, showcasey, uh, jam, collective kind of music, you know? So what? it lets me do music 24-7. What has been that progression, though? Like, when you were in Toronto, when did you start kind of... Did you have a particular band that you... What was the kind of timeline on that? Oh, Colin, I think I've played in over 100 bands. Oh, shit. Yeah. I'm a drummer, first and foremost, right? Yeah. Or that was my access to being in a band at all. That was my way to... When I had the mentality of, we'll do anything to make it, mm -hmm. you know? Or say yes to every gig, which I've been doing again for the last six months or so. And I'm ready to not do so anymore as well. This was uh, after three years uh, at the music tech uh, company called Lander Audio, where I was for three years, less three days, I think. And that was a great... I'll work backwards. Or, you know what? I'll start from Toronto, a bunch of high school jam funk bands, you know, stage band. We played Cleveland Rocks at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Cleveland. You know, Cleveland Rock. This is like the Drew Carey show theme song. Formative years, 15, 16, 17. You know, like that jam band you play in and you play chameleon for like 15 minutes because the bass player learns how to slap for the first time and it's do, 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 boop, boop, do, 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 boop, boop, do, 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 boop, boop. And it just keeps going on and on and no one ever plays the B section to that song. And it just like, the bass player is really happy. And you got to keep the bass player happy because otherwise you don't have a band. Uh, that and I came to Montreal pretty much for music, but studied at McGill University. Saw Shane Murphy in my first week here. I met Mr. Ruben Booza uh, of Squirrel Jam fame. And seeing Shane play was a huge watershed moment at Brutopia downtown where you got to see me play on Wednesday. Uh, so that stage is nothing less than sacred to me, you know, in a lot of ways. Or it's felt very full circle. Or life's been good to me so far. Because I get to pay it forward and bring it back around again. And if I ever, ever, ever get to share that spark with anyone else while on that stage, then I will have at least returned the courtesy of what I was once gifted. Which means a lot. Uh, but I've gotten to play with all sorts of people in town. Tim and uh, Bren Walsh, uh, Steve Creep and Scott Mitchell, Andrew Sudlow, Jordan Lazar, Chaz Coates Butcher, any number of things. I've got to play with Motel Raphael. That was an honor. One of the finest group of songwriters Canada has ever produced. Dated one of the ladies in the Ladies of the Canyon. I was in a pop band called The Mission District where we had a lot of success and a record deal. We were on two big shiny tunes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Killed the Franchise. Kill the Franchise? No, we killed the franchise. Uh, I'm not yeah. going to say the name again because uh, you can go back through your records yo, here. Oh, dude. What, what was the band name? I'm going to let you go back through your records. 
Because there's a lot of things. The point is that was maybe the most successful one, but it was one of the least favorite experiences. Yeah. It was a dream come true. Yeah. Makes you uh, wonder what then when you do have, you know, because you've had dreams come true before. Yeah. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. No, it is. This is the one that I appreciate. You appreciate the more when you refine your dreams and yeah. when you have more dreams come true because then it's yeah. like what then or how can it be even better mm-hmm. or this isn't exactly how you expected it but i got a, a house when i was 21 what i bought a house when what I was 20. yeah dude and uh uh i sabotaged within six months i just let it go i was like fuck this i got it i wanted it so bad worked so hard to get it got it and let it go Oh, wow. Sometimes it's the thrill of the chase, eh? It was just like, I got it, and then I was trapped, and then I was like, this sucks. I have to manage this stuff. I was 21. But yeah, it was one, that was like one of the big ones that uh, uh, dreams... Anyway, but yeah, I understand that sometimes you... What you think you want when you finally get it, it's like, dude, then you wake up and you put your socks on the next day and take a shit and like... <laughs> Fucking still live in your life. You put your socks on before you take a shit? I just take a shit and then put my socks on. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. any order. I mean, I put one sock on, then take the dump maybe, and then the other. It's like, I want to leave my options open. I, I, actually, it's a random roll of the dice every morning. Recording. It's recording again. Is it still recording? Yes. Is it still? Can we get a click track going on here? <laughs> <laughs> you did the accent and everything. <laughs> Oh, that's the story of my life. Yeah, I did. I did that for a long time, playing to a click track, and I still do. I got to support a lovely French uh, talent, brilliant, real deal, soulful blues player on the guitar, and just absolutely brilliant command of the microphone as an MC. Adieu, uh, who just came over. I got to play with Sarah Vanderzon the week before that, after a week in Europe. But my greatest accomplishment but wait, is going to be playing in a squirrel band colin you must know that like that's that? what people care about more about anything, anything a squirrel else. band squirrel jam squirrel jam do you have a moment to talk about our lord and savior squirrel jam no yeah well i want to hear like you had the why what what was it about the dream when you got there you get this record deal you get uh what was the the feeling of dissolution that you said there's two things there but let's I want to go there, which is the disillusionment from the dream. You you didn't expand on that. What was it? The you, got, two, you got what you wanted, and then you're like, what the fuck? Well, I wanted to have a musical job. Like I said, I was willing to do anything to make it. Right. Or I thought I was. But the, the toughest thing... couch? The t- it, it was effectively that, sir. Yeah. Uh, is that it was beyond extractive or exploitative. And this is a cliche kind of thing. This is a tale as old as time. This was pop music, mind you, right? Yeah, big shiny so, tunes. Major label stuff. I said the brand again. Oh, play the game. Yeah. Uh, You're going to go far. Well, if you ever want to break Have up a, a project. <laughs> but if you ever want to mess something up yeah. with a bunch of kids, even if they're like, you know, they're they're a tribe. It's us against the world. Yeah. Give them a little bit of success. Give them a little bit of money. Yeah. Watch what happens. Because what happened with us is it immediately became a question of percentages and power pitting people against each other who's going solo how and where and what and i'm sitting there like guys we haven't done anything yet like we have this is not locked up this is not a guarantee this can all disappear so fast we got to work harder or we got to have an actual live show and it was hilarious how old in a are way. you Ooh, 25 26 27 okay, okay hilarious how maybe maybe younger 
mid twenties. Um, but a bunch of money went missing. Of oh, course, really. Well, there was a bunch of dishonesty, and it's a question of which member of the bands uh, was responsible. And you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. We talked about this. The management or the label or the question is, where did it go? Nobody knows. Oh. And uh, what it ultimately did was it just cost, you know, a bunch of people their best friendships. None of them play music now anymore. They quit. They quit. Me, I still practice. That was the closest I ever came to quitting. I feel a lot of pain there for you. There's a lot of like first big love yeah you know like the not the one that got away but it was the best gift wrapped opportunity that anyone ever uh has been gifted i think in our position or that i've seen um of having a chance having a really good shot like a fucking worldwide thing yeah yeah you could have had a job you know like you know the band cage the elephant yeah you know them yeah in one ear right out the other we were label mates Every time I hear them on the radio, with oh, the difference is they were a good band. <laughs> <laughs> they were a great band. And they also, they kept it together. They kept their heads. They're still a band. They're all still in the band. They might have had one or two people step out, you know? But you look at Paramore, you know? Or you look I at... I just learned about them for the first time today. They're like a metal band. They're a heavy band, band but they're, they're also heavy. a pop band, you know? Yeah. But it's effectively the front person's, front person's show. Maybe I'm fucking up. Uh, anyway, go on. Let's hit CanCon. Let's hit Closer to Home. Let's look at Our Lady Peace. Yeah. You know, the lineup changes they've had over the years. Uh, pop music is very personality focused, very individualistic as a brand, you know? Yeah. No doubt becomes Gwen Stefani. Who's going to go off solo? Sabbath becomes Ozzy. Or does it? There's always nuance and complexity. People can always go back, and everyone should have the re- like the room to flex their personal creativity, especially once you have a vehicle that's been successful. It should empower and enable people to pursue their own things, but it shouldn't become a cutthroat, predatory kind of thing of like circling the wagons and edging out other people who are less important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always a funny thing how it happens. Because it's also like we see this societally, you know, this is like human stratification. This is like political mechanisms and how both communism and capitalism work in a way, provided it's a environment of plenty. They're quibbling over minutia while saying the other one's wrong without looking in the mirror. I'm getting, Either way. I'm getting Ayn Rand 69ing with Karl Marx. Oh, I want to get who was it who? Uh, I want to get, I want to get Shane McGowan of the Pogues just, just like being so mean to Kissinger, like I want I don't know, but I feel like Kissinger would be liking it or something. So like I want him to sort of hurt because he's never hurt, or maybe he was so hurt that he had to hurt other people. I don't know, but rest them, rest them both. Margaret Thatcher, ugh. Who was it? There was another person who just... You don't speak ill of the dead, right? Uh, Why Ayn Rand? <laughs> well, she's she represents the... I guess she, to me, represents the right. She yeah. represents the right. Marks the left. 
It's just like, because she's got uh, her. Do you whole, call libertarians right wing? I I think they're center to me. Okay. Yeah, I'm a total libertarian. I would, if I identify as anything, libertarian. Okay. Freedoms. You must hate Canada. I fucking love uh, freedom of speech, which we don't value. Well, what do you think about the the paradox of tolerance? What do you mean? That you have to be intolerant of intolerance. That you have to be intolerant of intolerance? I'm farting on your couch. Nice. I'm sorry. It came through. I heard it. Did it come through? <laughs> I didn't want to I didn't want to angle it. <laughs> I, I didn't want to angle it away. <laughs> I'm sorry. He ha <laughs> he laughs as <laughs> This is a beautiful couch. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's all good. I fart on it all the time. Okay. Yeah. That makes me feel much better. Yeah, many people have farted on that couch. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, this is a great setup you have. Thanks, dude. He said, and I'm not. I I need to get some microphones like these. I'm just running on 58s. Fuck it. Fucking right, bud. Oh my god, it's the boom stand that is just so yeah. beautiful. It's like got the the weightlessness to it and everything. Yeah, straight up. It's nice. <sighs> The intolerance of intolerance. Basically, in Canada, we have very restrictive free speech laws. Which is fucking weird. You think so? I think it's weird. Okay. Because a lot of it, I do think, centers around exactly that. I think that... They um, don't allow hate speech, you know? Which is that that's the subjective nature of who's making that assessment and that's definition it. is the weird part that's me. the risk of the nanny state oh you're speaking ill of the government that's hate speech all of a sudden exactly dangerous eh? it's very dangerous Slippery so slope. but it's also there's uh it's a slippery slope to fucking use your words like you better you better have uh an acceptance that there are consequences to what you say and if you like the, on the conversation of pronouns, um, I adhere to people's pronouns provided that I, I respect them. Ah, uh, interesting. Like Circular if, logic again, though. If I don't think that, if I don't think this, per, if if this is a, if I feel like this person's fucking with me and they're going on a power trip, it's like I don't respect that. Have you ever felt that? No. Okay. But it, it's in it's in the. Uh, it's in the rigid uh, structuring that into politics innately subjective and a committee that's responsible for making those calls that freaks me out <laughs> it creeps it's scary like what there is some tradition to it I love how there's actually a grand wizard in the center of France who determines whether words are gendered one way or the other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, right. this country is masculine. This country is feminine. <laughs> like, this newer is... That is the most redundant. Yeah, no, but this is actually a... Minis- this is a government position. This yeah. guy lives in Paris and probably pretty well. But... Uh, that is so weird. It is weird. But uh, the way I see pronouns is the same way as names or nicknames. And while I did sort of tease my buddy the throat goat uh who shall remain nameless but you can't fight the nickname or it's like there's something when you like call me this that if it's ridiculous we're gonna tease you 
which is also out of love or familiarity sometimes, or that familial kind of, it's a thin line between what's in good humor and not, you know? Yeah. But also it's like if someone's like, call me Pat, not Patrick or something. Pronouns are... The same way. They're worthy of the same respect. Call me this. Also, we're adults. We're not kids. Maybe that's the condition. Maybe that's the sort of thing. It's like, uh, call me Mary, you know, like not Mary Sue or something. If someone wants to be called something, how could I have any problem with calling them that? For sure. So that's the compassion element that it's like, uh, and that's probably why I've never run into that, that problem. But there are people that if they can get power, whatever the means, it's a, it's the power. People, people, people. Yeah. They say it's not a necessarily that power corrupts, but like that corruptible people are attracted to power. Yeah. And that's the one that gets me because there are bad eggs out there. There really are. And a lot of them are very good at making them seem like they're not. And that can lead to, at least in my own case, raging, massive trust issues, which I'm the best I've ever been with. But uh, there's sort of a residual cynicism or distrust of, to tie it back to that same energy you're talking about what they teach you in schools, man it's a crime they don't teach you how to do your taxes straight up it's a crime but it's for a very big good reason um we were on the plane we were talking about uh the i get a sense that uh okay i'm gonna speak into something and see how you feel about this uh, the Big Shiny Tunes opportunity and this band that you were in and as it was blowing up, it, it it blew up and you had these other parallel examples that went on to have careers. It feels like when you said that, I felt the pain and the fucking, the hurt, the the, the scar tissue there. I'm not over it, am I? <laughs> it, you, yeah, for sure, right? It wonder, sounds like it was a real traumatic experience. I wonder how much of what I do is still proving them wrong. They hurt me so bad. Yeah. You... I got used, man. I got used, and I learned a, I learned a very bunch of hard lessons. Who to trust? Again, maybe I just tied it back gently into that, but be careful what you wish for is as much in terms of dreams coming true. You know what I mean? Do you feel like you... It sounded, though, and where I was going with this, is um, that you also have a reverence for the the parallel careers, those other bands that you mentioned, the, um, it's all one gig. It's all one song. I mean, what do you mean? The more you do, the more it's just same stuff, different day. Is that same st- stuff in a different way. Do you feel like though that, do you have an ideal that you're still searching for? Absolutely. Yeah. That's part of the reason why I've loved these fumbling experiments at my place. Yeah. It's closer. It's nearer. It's dearer. It's closer to the heart. Closer to the heart. Uh, but I love the bright lights, big city. I love the big glam, AAA pass, and you know, like who's hustling and who's moving and shaking and collaborating with who and who's going to be the guest featured artist on this part of the set. Or uh, it's you the, love that the business of music. Well, I love being able to be a part of it. Yeah, I love feeling up to that standard yeah. or that professional level of like being the first call for something, you know, or it's like they need your skill set. Yeah. 
to like play along to a click track or for a certain genre of music or because you're available, <laughs> you know, uh, for whatever reason. But uh, it depends, I guess, on the reasons that you're in it. You don't get into the arts, I think, to make a million dollars and have a bunch of attractive people and private jets and expensive jewelry. Like that's a lifestyle that's pitched from music videos. That's that's not really real. Or if that is what you're getting into it for, good luck, because I don't think that's really going to be sustainable. But uh, my same friend who was pinned with that unfortunate nickname also said something incredibly wise or attractive to me as an ideal that they wanted to be playing music every day in a room with people who play music every day and I love that what a goal I should also say this person has been on the wildest single ascendancy trip in terms of like skill level uh, that I've ever seen in the few years that we've been lucky enough to know each other because they're just living the game they're like a student of it. They're so hungry. They're so bright. Uh, they're just willful and constantly listening. You know? You know like people in like second year university and you're in the kitchen and they're talking about politics and they just took their first like philosophy course and everyone's so smart in the kitchen at the university house party because that's where their real talk happens. Because they're like... A bunch of puppies just testing each other for the first time with the play fighting you know and it's like is this for fun and some person bit a little too hard and it's like, ooh, but ah, it is a sandbox it's a place to practice those kicks you know and I really like that as I try to recreate with the ethos of whatever model I'm going for with the place that I have and you know what it is you're helping me see a bit Colin is it is a contrast or it is a counterpoint because it is so much of what I am missing when I am out there in the cold, wild world. Or what I haven't found of transparency or trust or camaraderie from a lot of the people that I have worked with in this field, in this industry. And a lot of the snake oil uh, sales people who thrive on glitz and glamour and uh, casting spells. And I respect them because that is their trade. That is their art. That is their craft. Dude, I fucking... They're I, very good at that. I'm in that world well, all here's the a, time. <laughs> but you got to keep your head up. World. Yeah, like... Yeah. You know on. exactly how ethereal it is or how much it's... It's so fucking dumb. Sales. It's no. weird. No, it's how people work. Yeah. It's not dumb if you're into the Bernaysian school or whatever and you know how to use it, right? Yeah. Or... But music is... You got to make no pretensions and you'll hear it everyone will be coached you know and be told it's like now that's not a real profession you know that's like there's no you're not going to be the next taylor swift they said to taylor swift but the music industry is a cruel and shallow plastic money trench where thieves and pimps run free and good people die like dogs there's also a bad side brutal out there and I love it. <laughs> I don't want to change it, but it's nice to present an alternative. That's the fucking. I'm gonna. That's my. That's my sound bite. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna put. 
This is the sound bite. <laughs> I love it. Sound bite. That was a, it was a there was a fucking serious line right there. A trench of pathological da da da. It's Doctor Hunter I, S. Thompson. For I those of you it. keeping score at home. It's Hunter S. Thompson. Was that a I fucking lifted, quote? I lifted that quote. Yeah. You lifted that quote. You fuck. <laughs> no plagiarism. Yeah. I get. I cited. Yeah. It's good enough. It should be public domain. Now, look at me. It's not where you get it from. It's where you take it to. <laughs> That's Jim Jarmusch. <laughs> oh, is that really Hunter S. Thompson? The trench. Yes. The trench one. Cruel and plastic money trench. A uh, cruel and plastic money trench. Holy fuck! I just love that he just lays it all out with all the negativism and then tags it with. And there's also a bad side. <laughs> He's brilliant because well, yeah. he sees it. That quote spoke to me and it stuck with me because yeah. it's true. I've never met better liars, more evil people with great smiles on their faces. Wow. Biggest promises. It's okay. Yeah. This is this is your own discipline. This is showbiz. Yeah. Do you think Hollywood's any different? I'm biting the hand that feeds right now. I'm going to It's okay. I'm stepping back from <laughs> I love it. Everyone knows it. Well, we're due for a referendum in business. Period. Yeah. We talked about currency or you're talking yeah. about things propped up. Yeah. That's part of my exploration between the value of the priceless and the worthless. Friends, things built to last. Uh, being able to support yourself or those around you and those you care about mm -hmm. by doing what you love or doing something meaningful. Uh, it seems like no matter what you're doing, that becomes harder and harder to do all the time. No matter what you're doing, everything is costing more. Shrinkflation is a term that you have no choice but to be aware of now. Have you bought cheese lately? It's fucked. No matter what line of work you're in. Uh, Cheese is expensive. It's bonkers. Jesus. And we're at... Jesus. We're just... We're not running out of cows in Canada. Yeah. We're not running out of wood to build houses or places to build them. Yet we're told that we're running out of all these things. And I call shenanigans. Mm. I want to hold people accountable to their words. And that's all I'd ask from my leaders. And you know what? It starts at home. That's all I'd ask for myself. That's all I'd ask from you. That's all I'd ask out of anyone. And keeping it small or doing those things, uh, the showcases, at least lets me do that. Let's me keep it small. Let's me keep it simple. Mm -hmm. I feel like it'll grow naturally. There's any number of opportunities to come out of it. And it has brought in a number of people like-minded who've wanted to do things in a similar way, which I champion and I celebrate. And I'm all for it. I'm kind of hoping that other people will show me the way, you know? Um, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're doing a fucking... What, where's this venue that you got? Uh, it is at 10 Avenue de Pan West. No, but the, are we doing it at your place? Oh. Oh, for January 10th? Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be at the upstairs at BiffTech. Upstairs at BiffTech. BiffTech. Yeah. BiffTech. Where's BiffTech? It's a little lovely bar right around the corner from there. It's effectively the same block. It's effectively the Saint same St. Laurent and Pine. St. Laurent and Pine. We're going to put on a little show. Okay. Either a it? jam night, similar similar to what Leah does with the Jerbo House thing. Okay, and it's I don't weekly? think it'll be different. It's weekly? No, I think we're going to try monthly. I love that. I don't want to do weekly. I think it I think it doesn't... Uh, I think what you have per month, it, get, it keeps it more special. Thank you. Yeah. 
weekly bars or venues would want you to do it weekly of course they do they want regular they dependability want in the seats the, put that fucking meat is, in the doesn't seat. it sound so gross oh, yeah. there was someone who actually said that unironically and i'll never forget because like they were just over it and I never want to be that cold, but I guess when you're at that scale, you can't help but see it. Yeah. Meat in the seats. Oh, what a way to say it, eh? Yeah. It sounds like a wrestling term. It yeah. sounds like... <laughs> like that chick's prime. Oh. That chick's a fucking prime piece of ass. <laughs> I, mean, I love that it's not even along gender lines. It's just turning everyone into livestock. Yeah. Chattel. Chattel. You're a fucking product. Oh God! But uh, you are—you're born into debt. I, I can't get negative no, with it because I kind of love there. it. And like you said, you yeah, know what? It's so dirty. I count my—I count my uh, fortunes so there because that's amazing, though. How lucky are we to be able to complain about things? Yeah, right. <laughs> what a gift. Yeah, things could be improved somewhat. You know, I, I, I don't I know have a, a problem with that. I but. know a guy that uh, gets money and and hires essentially mercenaries to go beat the fucking shit out of dudes who put kids in cages and pimp them out where are these people who put kids in cages I, uh there's I, I i'd have words to say with them actually if there's a particular what kind of neighbors do you have here colin it's not here saint zatique what a uh, wild street it's a uh there's this lake and i forget it's in and it's on the African continent. I don't remember the conversation that I had with this guy, but this is his thing is they fucking remove kids from slavery. That's what they do. What's it called? I'm going to look it up. Cause I, I don't want to just say that like out of nowhere, but, um, there are more slaves right now than ever before in human history. That's so weird. Is it though? But I guess doesn't like, make sense. It, I mean, per capita. What does that mean? There's <laughs> think, more people. Than I think human history too. Yeah. So I do think that even percentage-wise, maybe it's possible. But also, how do you define that? Because, say, indentured servitude in the Middle Ages might not fully constitute slavery. Where do we draw the line at what defines a slave? Are people born into I debt? The website, dude. I'm going to have to... Oh, it'll come to you. We can go back. We'll get it in post. Yeah. Site reference. We'll get it in post. We'll get it in post, okay? Fuck it. We're going live. (laughs) I love this microphone. I'm having this. This is a blast. I get to just hear the sound of my own voice. voice. Oh. (laughs) Are we doing the slap back? (laughs) Stop copying me. (laughs) Damn, dude. Damn, dude. (laughs) <laughs> How you like me now, son of a bitch? Uh, that's. Uh, that's uh, uh, yes. just, yeah. It throws you off when it's the yeah, time. It really does. <laughs> you ever have that with, like, when you're talking to someone and you can hear your own voice back and it's like, okay, I gotta I hang up. up and try. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't do it. And the, the anxiety is real. <laughs> oh. Boy, that's the surefire way to piss off my parents. Just beef tech. Make them back. Beef tech. Is it beef tech or biff tech? Oh. Oh, what do you? What day of the week is it? How do you feel? Biftek. I think Bach Biftek. I want to see where this motherfucker is. Um, Bar Bif. Okay, okay. I've never been there. Um, it's a nice room. They got an upstairs. I got a sound system around the corner. My friend's hosting. I'm actually I'm supposed to see them. Andrew Jameson, who is Hi, theatrical. Andrew. Hi, Andrew. He'd be a great guest, actually. And my phone is too cracked. What time is it? I'm supposed to see him around five. 
it's five thirty. Okay. Okay. We can wrap it up. We well, where are we? We've done. Where am I from? What am I up you, to? Where am I going? Yeah. What's up next? That's the plan. I'm gonna go. Uh, he's someone who's also very aligned with Christina as well. Yeah. And uh, between this wonderful tapestry, the fabric of these people who just all seem to be one or two degrees of separation from each other. Mm-hmm. It's been a delight for them to get to know each other or to see them come together for the same purposes of whatever the hell it is that we're doing with those uh, events and showcases, you know, because it belongs to all of us, or at least that's why. <sighs> It is an economics class school project for a shared partnership or uh, everyone to be a stakeholder in whatever the heck it is. We're looking for video and audio. I think I want to be able to capture and save those moments to share them because I think people would be proud. The 29th, they're doing their next one. Is that... Is that? Oh, we're doing it in January. January. The third Thursday of January. But we'll be doing some other events, I think. I will be playing at McKibbins for New Year's Eve with Meve. Meve, the lovely talent from Ontario as well. One of the finalists in Canada's Got Talent. Discovered personally by Howie Mandel. Powerhouse voice. As good as Alanis on her worst night. And I can't wait for the chance to play with her some more. Really, really good. Look up Meve. M-E-A-V-E if you get the chance. Okay. Brilliant talent. Uh, but that's the next one. In terms of those events, we're going to see. I also might just never do them again, too. It was an experiment. Which one? Uh, the things that I've been doing at my place. Oh, really? Yeah. You're going to... this. Uh, it's, no, it's over. It might be. It might be. Yeah. Yeah. I said at the last one, and I think you were in attendance, that I was going to take December for myself. Okay. I wanted to do like one a month for a year. I wasn't there. I couldn't... Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'm not doing one on the 21st of December because I didn't think anyone would want to come by on the 21st of December. Yeah. But I did want to take one for myself, finish some songs, you know, like uh, what would I want to do or yeah. figure it out. It was a great opportunity in 412. But I also might want to... It's been it's been fatiguing, yeah. Colin. Yeah. It hasn't been easy or it's been in part a promise to myself and to others that I would do one a month for a year. Mm-hmm. But I've had so many other things happen in that time frame that it became a question of what is my time worth or is it worth it? And the answer is it totally has been. It absolutely has been. But I also don't want to be beholden to it. Like the difference between wealth and affluence, you know, or you got a house, but was it worth it? Yeah, right. You got to be not afraid to walk away from something. If you're trapped there for life or it's like, if you're worth, you know, X million dollars, but you can never take a vacation with your kids or your family, are you really affluent do you have the flexibility or are you married to that wealth or is is that what your time is worth more time and worth it's complicated but i don't want to be afraid to just like close my doors as well you know straight up i deeply know that i'm had uh yeah i very much relate dude i had to let go of uh, a relationship i love this person was this the same one you were talking about before uh, no, this was uh, um, the you met. She was at uh, there on Sunday uh, for your birthday. Um, yeah, but no, different person. Uh, yeah, and sometimes you. 
uh, well, I don't want to frame it in that way, but um, I relate. Sometimes you have to, you have to love and appreciate something and be willing to let it go in order to really be free. <sighs> it sounds so weird, isn't it? It is so weird. Is it a life of its own between you and another person? Obviously, you respect their uh, determinism, but they're not a possession. They're not yours. They're not a tool or a toy. It can be difficult, I think, for some people to see that or that other people are a prize or a trophy or they're a book or a device and... I don't know if that's maximizing the potential or the possibility. It sounds like there's a lot of learning there to still happen, but we is it also, we need to have, we'll have a whole, that's a whole thing. our next episode will be dedicated to the heart. We'll talk about love. Yeah. Mm. That what a concept. A one. Oh, it's a big one. It's a well, big one. How about this? Yes or no? Yeah. It is easier to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Yeah, for sure. Better? 100%. Better to have loved than lost. For me? Yeah? Yeah. Look at you. Intrepid. Perilous soul. Ready for life. The slings and arrows. What else you got? <laughs> uh, yeah. You've been, sure. through, you've been through some shit, haven't you? Uh, sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I haven't, like, I don't know. The, I've met a lot of people who've been through way fucking crazier shit. But, like, yeah. Doesn't diminish yours. I like to stay in Everyone's touch got a path. with reality and like be in in the the flow of the universe. I know I'm going to die. Done enough drugs and been to the like the depths of like you've taken a bunch of psychedelics, not just stimulants, right? Yeah. Lots you took of, a lot of drugs. A lot of drugs in general. Yeah. Yeah. You just, were on a big escape trip or a little while like late 20s you said? Yeah, like well, like 15 to 30. It was like a 15 year period of like okay. consistently taking drugs yeah but not like and then like phases like uh there's like the sine wave of it like up and down drug use peaks and, and troughs and then like you know oh wow amphetamines like let's take as much as this uh, let's see how far you can go the interesting thing about those is something that might tie back into the uh say schooling process or just the advances we've had in even like mental health or cognitive awareness you talked before about like learning about learning you know that metacognition stuff or thinking about thinking which is not something that we usually get in schools or that's higher level kind of stuff that's kind of kept from us or we have to pay extra for but how often with people who have undiagnosed learning disabilities as i i'm pretty sure i am one uh but i've always loved uh like how <sighs> uppers have made me actually more focused yeah. Or it has a counterintuitive kind of thing. It's like when I smoke a, a sativa, all I want, like a blue dream is the only kind of weed I'll sort of ask for by name. Uh, but that or like a buddy's like study drug pill or something that I will take recreationally, I end up just cleaning my room and doing the dishes. And it's weird because I have such a difficult time focusing otherwise or I'm spastic or uh, hyperactive and I, I can have uh, a lot of... it can be an asset for music and i also wonder how many creative types you know throughout history have also been like 
uh, disassociative personality disorder, antisocial personality disorder, like any number of the nice ways we have it saying now, uh, but they're kind of all bonkers. And you know what term I want to take back? Freak. Yeah. Because that was something that uh, someone called me at work. A freak. Yeah. Or weirdo and freakishly tall. Freakishly tall. Which kind of hurt because they were a supervisor, you know, or at least, but it wasn't a nice thing to say but i also wasn't gonna like make a big fuss over it yeah. but the point is because i want i'm always trying to go positive or spin like straw into gold yeah. is like freak is an awesome word yeah like she's a freak oh, or yeah. it's like Super. Jimi hendrix was a freak yeah. you know like tesla freak yeah like like they are like a mutant like also and i love the x-men i love comics too as rare well. to live too weird to die ah, that's also hunter s thompson i'm pretty sure <laughs> look at us we're quipping on banter we're uh, but like to take it back or it's like, yo, they're a freak. Like that's a good thing. You know, like they're a mutant. Like that's a superpower. Like that's a good thing. You know, I, I want to dare to be different as well. Or that takes an allowance and a social contract of allowing other people to be able to maximize their alternative intelligences beyond English and math to work the fucking factories and keep the books for them. Gardening sports the arts you know interior design there's any number of things that are beautiful that can help and you worked a lot in marketing yeah (sighs) tell me this because this is something that gets me and i i love marketing i understand the necessity of it and it's so adjacent to like human psychology you know there's all these little things that you don't even realize my god it's brilliant and there's a group of people that are actively plotting all day long to (laughs) fucking leverage that shit absolutely and they've never been better at one of them standing on the shoulders of giants but what i see a lot of in the modern day and age and it ties into the fact that there aren't so many loft spaces for people to go uh be a punk for five years in their early 20s what I see is a lot of the most brilliantly enacted car commercials I've ever seen before in my life. Now? Well, what I'm trying to say is marketing is at an all-time high. Yeah. Or all the young creative people who would have joined a theater troupe, who would have uh, been a bass player in a punk rock band, they don't have any choice these days except to go into marketing. There's at least some place that's hiring. They feel like they should. Mm-hmm. This is before we get into like the online advent of like small business and people trying to get those eyeballs and clicks. And uh, what I'm saying by that we have the world's nicest car commercials is like that kid who wanted to go into film school, he did. Mm-hmm. And now he's like doing the whole one for the new Lexus or that person they did want to, they wanted to score movies, but now they are for your new McDonald's you know, McRib. And what I'm saying is the production quality and caliber of commercials has never been better. It's brilliant. You got A-lists. You got like Matthew McConaughey shilling you a Nissan Rogue that's tied into the new Rogue One with Disney buying Star Wars. And like we're all headed towards one big company. And I am so glad I didn't uh, maybe have to face the challenges of coming into the artistic world right now because it seems very intimidating and very challenging enough of a time that there's no slack. Mm, There's no room for you to mess up. And if you do, you're not going to be able to pay rent. I totally relate to that. 
I went for money first, regardless of like loving music. Um, Did you make money? Yeah. It's funny how what you love you're gonna probably get right. Like, um, it's just a a matter of like if I can get a an orthodontist a client for nine k to fix their fucking teeth, then and I can be effective in that role, then I make money doing that. Like and how you do that most people don't dream of being an orthodontist most people go into that because they're told to because it's a practical reasonable thing to do they also have the best guitars i'm not trying i i don't know see how i had a big revelation uh on i went to la last a couple of weeks ago i'm so sorry yeah it sucks (laughs) i fucking hate la (laughs) dude i hate it have you been three times yeah. and I've never had a good time. It, it's I it's can't so stand weird. La La. It's Holly weird. It's fucking weird. La La La. I, yeah. It's it's the epitome of what we're talking about. Yeah. You ever hear the expression? Uh, East po- East Coast people are kind but not nice. West Coast people are nice but not kind. Wow. Yeah, like that, that makes. Sense. I will take a Boston mass hole or a New York City. Like, hell, even like a junkie or like someone yelling at me because they have a heart of gold. You know, like the taxi driver in New York City is going to let you all about it, but like he's going to stop you or like, you know, from something when it really hits the fan. Whereas someone in the West Coast with their beautiful bronzage, tan, and that killing, winning smile, they're going to like stab you in the back with that smile still there. Yeah. There's something about it. There's something plastic fantastic about the West. It's (sighs) It's a weird, weird place. Um, that's but why the answer it, is New Orleans and Nashville or Austin, Texas. Fucking right, dude. That, that's my next objective is to uh, create a base in Austin. Oh, it's so cool down there, man. Yeah, you know people there? No. No? I want to take a like a tour down there, establish a base, and then travel back and forth. That's my like Ooh. next 10 years. But wow. um, Austin, wa- that's your number one place. It's a, it's a next place. I want to see what it's about. Okay. Um, but I wanted to speak to this, which is I had a big uh, distinction in LA. I went there for a marketing training and I realized that I make money in marketing and I do music for fun. And so because it's like a I great arrangement. It. You know, I don't know that the arts, there is an innate, innately weird dynamic between commerce and art because commerce, commercial intent has i believe and it's not reflected in all of society but what i believe for me is that if i'm going to whether i'm exchanging for your cow your chicken let's just remove currency from it and just talk about energetic exchange like hey i've got this this glass you've got that glass would you want to uh trade but this is your glass right (laughs) you've got that hat i want that hat i've got this glass do you want this coffee Right, so how like, badly do I want it? it that's the question. Is and this hat is sentimental? It's gifted to me. We're always exchanging back and forth. That is a lovely thing to say. Yeah, we're always exchanging. It's everything is an exchange. Yeah, it's all circulating. So the marketplace of ideas, then there's the marketplace of energy. Yeah, transference. Yeah, so if someone has a a molar that they has chipped and they need a, are dentist, your teeth okay? Yeah, no, I got a cavity. I got to get. I get my teeth. You came back to teeth twice. So well, because they're, they're high profit per transaction businesses. This is when you're a marketer, you're like, you work with like a mortgage agent, a real estate agent, a, someone who's making money. 
so so what I'm saying, and and I don't, I, I try not to challenge the right or wrong or the, I, I have to have a value system that points me in the right direction, and I have to, be right with myself. What I'm saying is that, art innately isn't commercial. In itself, because it doesn't have a use value outside appreciating it exactly this is this is the top level it's definitely it's the definition of a luxury almost yeah or it's become yeah as a commodity but right. also <sighs> that jean-michel basquiat piece in like the museum of modern art right that was a punk rock junkies slathering on the wall it was worthless then it became it priceless is fucking worthless to me well how much does the song shit about that the song remains the same it's uh you're just you're raising a huge point that has fascinated me as well. Yeah. That wide range between the worthless and the priceless. Yeah. How much is a song worth? Right. Ninety nine cents on iTunes. People will spend seven dollars for a cup of coffee without thinking. They won't buy a record for ten. And that's been the case for more than a decade. That's been the case for a long dang time. Yeah. So making money with the arts, making money with music is I like how you say you make money with marketing and you do music because you love it because uh, real artists have yeah. day jobs. Interesting. The real artists I know, myself included, real yeah. artists have day jobs. Yeah. Or it's a hustle and it's a grind because you're keeping it sustainable. You're resilient because you love it so much and you will keep finding a way to do it and upgrading your gear or kit or your network or your circle or your chops. You're practicing, you know? And you can flip the switch, but everyone who's like racing or running to flip the switch and to have it be real right away is. They're the like, most fucking off. Those are the smilers. That's the stabbers. Okay. Well, there, there's the fast way, you know? I guess, but uh, yeah. The it's, fast way? Yeah. Those people are, are fucking mutants, and I have mad respect for that. But for if every. They can make it work. For but, every hundred of those, there's 99 casualties. It's the leaving folks behind or the casualties. That's what gets me is one of the things I hate more than watching someone quit or step away. Not that you ever really do, you know, because one person you take up, like if you had that law degree, go use it after your band falls apart. You know, you're still going to have guitars on the wall. But something that gets me a lot is in that same vein of the spirit of like the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Yeah. And for the people that never started, or they put down the violin, or they stopped those piano lessons or dance lessons, and for me, I'm going to wonder, as they might, or they might not be able to, it might hurt too much, or it might stop them, or they might not like thinking about it because it's, because uh, you know, isn't it worse to regret the things you didn't do? <sighs> yeah. Right. Oh my goodness, that'll really haunt you. I've got regrets aplenty, but I know other people who have bigger regrets because they never dared or they never tried or would have should have terrifies me dude. oh my god as it should yeah you probably have enough of those but but we know some people who weren't maybe as lucky as us you know to have found what we found to have found the joys or the rewards from arts or even just the sustenance of a day job or a skill set that lets you buy a house at 21 yeah um it's cool in fact, it's one of my happiest things in the world is to see people who relate to music get that spark and start loving it more than ever or see that it can be more than 
like you have two kids and you work in marketing as like another example or something, you know, but it's like, but you just want to do this more than ever. And it's like staying out till 11 is like late and racy, but it's worth it, you know, uh, and finding that work. Cause like they're, those people are heroes to me. Real me artists have day jobs. Me too. Also, is there any bigger art than like, uh, love or family or like really making those things that are really built to last? Cause like that's something the grass is always greener, right? I am vicarious wish fulfillment for a lot of my friends who are working on their second divorce and fourth kid. They want my life so badly. They don't, though. They don't, though. They They have no fucking Well, just like I want their life so badly sometimes, but I don't, though. I don't, though. What I do love is that we can still talk to each other, like brothers or sisters, you know, from across the fence or across the pond or across the generations even you know there's any number of ways to build bridges and i love learning from them this is how we grow different people but if we can share each other's fun with each other one of the coolest things i love is there's a friend of a friend who is a very very successful lawyer in ottawa and he's still in touch with his buddy who's one of my buddies who's like you know they've they've been friends since they were nine years old Uh, but my buddy here is full on, you know, like nightlife and entertainment and one of my heroes as well, who's like found a way to make it work, you know, because real artists have day jobs. But even though they were friends at nine years old, you know, they went very different ways. Maybe it's emblematic of the difference between Ottawa and Montreal, whereas one is like been made partner and has the wife and kids in the house and... Other guys, you know, still working till three in the morning, four in the morning, five in the morning, because a lot of us work nine to five, only it's the vampire schedule, because why the fuck are we working till three in the morning here? It's ridiculous. New York City cats are done by one. I don't know. It's bonkers. But uh, Mr. Lawyer has at least extra money to play with, so he can hire a buddy, and we can do a band thing and bring it there, or he can come here and have a place and free pass of the city for him and his friends if they ever want to have like a lost weekend you know or (sighs) exchange and trade exchange and energy exactly like what you're saying and what gets me the most about that is how it's like since they were nine years old or like you know ride or die for life for those things that are meant to last or it isn't one person taking something from someone and taking as much as they can in that short period of time because they are sprinting to whatever of their own finish line they had in mind I don't know it's fascinating. It but. is fascinating. I love these talks to uh, remember. Well, it's all there for posterity, but yeah. <sighs> I've never done this before. Yeah. Thank you Yo. for putting up with me. Yeah, man. Yo, so this is Mike, Mike Hand, and dude, I love you. Hello. I appreciate you. I love you too, Colin. Is there a, is there a place where people can find out? Like, is you got Mike Hand official or something? Um, no, leave me alone. <laughs> Please. Just politely. Don't knock on my door. Just Don't text go me. go anywhere. Zero CTA. Email. Well, yeah, this... Yeah. Most responses can be expected within 72 hours. This is uh, uh, actually... If you want to find out more about Mike Hand, go to <laughs> dirtyeddy.com. Dirtyeddy.com is where to find out. Oh no, is that a POV thing? Is that is this No, this is no. my friend Dirty oh, Eddie. Okay, let's plug Dirty Eddie. Yeah, okay. D- Dirty Eddie is uh he always has How dirty ha- is Eddie? Dirty he's pretty he's clean. Yeah. He's pretty okay. clean. 
on a yeah. scale. He goes, he's a fucking, this, uh, such a he's like he's heroin a Bob guy. from SLC Punk. Like he doesn't do any drugs. It's no, he's, he smokes the spliffs. Okay. Smokes the spliffs. The Cincemilia. Yeah. But yeah, man, Mike, love you, dude. Love you too, man. Thank you. Colin, thank you. Hey.